It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, week two of the high school football playoffs. Dennis and Brady with you on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports.com podcast. Uh, and uh, we rehash uh, everything that happened in high school football playoffs around the Blue Water area. Plus talk about a couple of things that are going to happen on Saturday as well. But before we get into that, it's always ladies first. Let's talk some volleyball. Yep, and because I wrote too small on the oh, whiteboard. You did. So you did that on purpose too. No, I just uh, didn't uh, realize that I planned poorly for the spacing. So anyway, none of you, <laughs> none of the people here can see this, but uh, on our whiteboard, I wrote down the volleyball score is too small for Dennis's old eyes to see. I'm but on the other side of the room. You are. It's not a big room, anyway. Um, so we have some district champions in volleyball. North Branch beat Almont three uh, nothing. We Cardinal Mooney took down Sterling Heights Parkway Christian three to one. That's a huge rivalry in every single sport between those yes. two schools. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we mentioned that in one season? <laughs> in our first two and a half months doing this, um, Ubley three one over Kindy North Huron Brown City. I believe it was their ninth straight district title. Over Marlette. I told you the other day, they're good in volleyball. Yeah, two uh, Final Four appearances, one state final appearance uh, recently. And Anchor Bay fell to Dakota 3 nothing. So those are your district champions for volleyball. Hopefully we'll be talking about regional champions next week. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, regional champions, we know uh, for sure in, uh, in football that uh, Port Huron High is going to be playing for a district title next week and uh, trying to move on to a uh, regional. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping that uh, Marine City gets uh, through. Their game is this Saturday night. Um, we'll run down all the scores, uh, tell you who survived in week two of the uh, playoffs and uh, those survivors, where they're going to be next as we uh, get to really rolling here on the uh, Get Stuck on Sports Tri-County Equipment Podcast on GetStuckOnSports.com with Dennis and Brady. For those who love the grind, run with us on a John Deere Gator UV. Because your daily routine may change, but the land stays the same. There's still ground to cover and a herd to keep in line. Out here, the work never stops. So keep going on a Gator UV with the power to forge ahead. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady being here for TP Logos in Marysville. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium, TP Logos has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery, custom screen printing, and are the fastest growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including things like Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. 
They are open weekdays 8.30 to 4.30 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. You'll get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. I, I guess I, I cut you off there, so uh, tell them about the uh, social media and all that. Well, I just, uh, again, follow us on Twitter at, get stu- or at G underscore Stuck on Sports. That's on Twitter. Uh, again, on Friday nights, and I'm sure during the winter season, we'll be retweeting scores as we get them. I think I, at some point we had a score for every single local game. Um, so that's on uh, Twitter or Facebook. We're not using it as much, but you still know when the podcasts go live. You know when we go live for games, and we'll put up our graphics for, at least for football. I don't, again, I don't know how we're going to do winter sports. We'll talk about, about, about that more later. But football's in a nice, neat little package. It's usually Friday night, and it's the big event. You can build up to it during the week. Winter sports are going to be chaos. Oh, yeah. It's, well, we'll get yeah. to that. Uh, a little later on. Let, let's uh, start uh, where uh, I was tonight, Memorial Stadium. Uh, Port here in high, Big Reds taking on Lance Cruz. Second meeting between these two teams. Uh, the first time around was at Lance Cruz, and the Big Reds won that one 28-9. A game that was close throughout, but the Big Reds never were really challenged uh, in that football game. And we had a similar situation tonight at Memorial Stadium. Scoreless for a quarter and a half, but once Niger Finney broke loose for a 50-yard touchdown run, the dam kind of broke open. The Big Reds have been doing this, scoring touchdowns in flurries, and they got two in less than two minutes, and then it was just cruise control from there as they built up a 30 to nothing lead and went on to the 30-6 uh, to six victory. Let's just get right to the highlights. Seven and a half minutes to go. We are still scoreless at Memorial Stadium. We're in the second quarter. Price out of the shotgun on first down from midfield. Finney comes in motion to the left. They will give it to Niger Finney. Finney to the 45. Finney to the 30. Breaks free. Finney to the 30. 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Touchdown. Niger Finney. 50 yards. They've stopped that jet sweep the last couple of times that they've run it, but not that time. Finney with a slick cutback, and then he just sprinted into the end zone for the score. And the Big Reds once again open a game with the first points. Stansbury looking to throw. Picked off in the end zone for a big red touchdown by Kindle. Noah Kindle took the pass almost right out of Stansbury's hands for the score. Wow. Touchdown, big reds on a pick six right in the end zone by Noah Kindle. What a play. It's almost like a shot block in basketball. They're going to have to snap it. They've got four seconds. Three seconds. This is a field goal by Mitchell that's going to be right down the middle. It'll be a 38-yard field goal, and it's good. As time runs out in the half, Mitchell kicks a 38-yard field goal to make it 16 to nothing for the Big Reds. Two receivers that way. One receiver to the right. That's Ashford. Price now all alone in the backfield. Miller comes around. They fake to him. Price running up the middle. Has a seam into the end zone for a big red touchdown. Seven yards for D.V. Price and another P.H. score to put them up 22 to nothing with 9.55 to go here in the third, pending the extra point. And a big score is rolling now. They're thinking give it to Finney running to the left. Finney to the 15. Finney to the 10. Finney to the 5 as he got away from his man. And Finney will score a big red touchdown. On third and goal from the 15, Niger Finney takes it in for his second touchdown of the game. And he goes over 100 yards rushing, and the Big Reds go up 29 to nothing with 7.21 to go. And that, folks, I think is the exclamation point. 
Absolutely. Uh, that made it 30 to nothing. Mitchell Rivard caught a 30-yard touchdown pass with 4.15 to go in the game to break the shutout. 30-6, to your final. All right, D.V. Price, 14 carries, 113 yards and a touchdown. Niger Finney, 14 carries, 101 yards and two touchdowns. He's got five touchdowns in two playoff games. They had 347 yards on the ground in the win over Lance Cruz. And it's still not the Big Reds, Brady, and I'll, ex- right. I'll explain that. And, and I know you know um, what, what I'm saying. But they've now beaten Lance Cruz eight times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2001, the last time the Lancers won a game over the uh, the Big Reds. But, okay, they're going to play De La Salle in the next game. De La Salle won to, on Friday night 35-6 to six over Lakeview. Yeah, or eight or something. We yeah. will finally see the actual – Top players of the Big Reds, and I, and I don't mean that to disrespect anybody because everybody who plays on that team is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like They're going to be good again next year with some of the young players that are getting so much playing time this year. But we haven't had a game yet where Noah Kendall plays every snap on defense. We haven't had a game yet where you've got Collier in the backfield for you know 30 plays. You've got – Finney and Shaka Brown on the offensive side on every snap. You know, it's they're they're running multiple kids in and out. They they started uh, Jaden Stocks at running back on Friday night. The kid had one carry for three yards all season, and that was last week. Yeah, he started and played the majority of the game. Gabe Mose didn't even get in until the middle of the third quarter. So you were there on a scale of plain vanilla to super. Deluxe the works. How, where does uh, Port Huron High's offense fall in that? Um, I'll I'll go that so far this season. I think they've been running seventy five to eighty percent of of what they've got. And how many of that percent was shown in either Roseville or Port Huron Northern? Uh, Besides yeah, those, games. yeah, they they ran plays against Northern and they ran plays against Roseville that they haven't used in the other games. Yeah, and if you don't, well, I'm sure De La Salle has film of the Roseville game since they played Roseville, um, but you know what they did tonight is not their game plan for next week. They're trying to throw off tendencies. They're trying to give De La Salle bad film because they knew that they're just better than Lance Cruz. Yeah, here's the, here's the thing. They're they're kind of – I'm not saying they're not taking it seriously because they're definitely taking it seriously. But they're playing everybody, and they've scored 79 points and only given up 19. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it is like that's kind of spooky. Like how good are they? But we're, we are going to find out how good are they because I, I don't care about records. Mm-hmm. De La Salle's good. Yeah. And this they've is going – ran over – both Roseville and Lake. Yeah, no, no, no offense to Roseville, but they got smoked by De La Salle, impressively smoked by De La Salle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roseville and Northern have been the toughest games for the Big Reds this year. Um, and De La Salle's on another level than those two teams. So we are going to see the the best, or we better see the the top, the best that the Big Reds can do because this is going to be by far and away their biggest challenge this year. Yeah. And it's going to come down to can they eliminate the mistakes we've seen from them all season because they're good enough that those mistakes, you don't remember them. You don't remember the dumb, um, unsportsmanlike penalty they took because their defense made up yeah. for it. You they don't had a block, remember. They had a block punt tonight yeah. early in the game. Didn't cost them. Um, they've had lots of turnovers, especially the first half of the season. They've kind of cleaned up the turnover thing. Um, as the season has gone along. But they had a lot of turnovers the first three, four games of the season, and they take a lot of penalties. Mm-hmm. And it's because sometimes they get these big leads in the game, and I think they just kind of drift for a second because maybe it's too easy. I feel like they've had one eye on this game since the district pairings came out. I, I really do. What was that, week two, I think? is when we found out who was in everyone's district. And I think since that point, whether they are going to admit it or not, a lot of people at Memorial Stadium have just been like, okay, yeah, we have 
Oh, we have free or we have Lance Cruz this week. Oh, um, De La Salle down the road. All right, Lakeshore this week. Let's get ready. But what's De La Salle doing? Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll we finally got the matchup that we thought we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll uh, we'll find out next week. Again, uh, I'm really excited for a game that I really don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, I think you said before recording. This is the first game that you're not certain the Big Reds are going to win. Yeah, like. Uh, uh, Hey, we, we've done eight weeks. They've been basically my number one team, I think, since week two yeah. uh, of the season, and I have picked them every week with absolutely no doubt in my mind that they were going to win the football game. Mm-hmm. And they've only made me nervous really once. Yes. Even the Northern game, they didn't make me nervous. They were up 14 to nothing. Northern got one big play in the whole football game. Uh, yeah, it was a close game, but um, – Part of me says Northern played that game to keep it close. Another part of me said the Big Reds did just enough mm-hmm. to do what they had to, to do to get the, the win. Um, but no doubt in my mind that they were going to beat everybody that they played to this point. Well, let me ask you this. Like if, again, this is kind of arbitrary, but if you're going to do a grading scale, you've done every Big Red game except Lakeshore, which wasn't a great game. What do you think their best grade for a game would be this year? Oh, I mean, they haven't played a complete game, but I'm not a mean teacher like you. You'd be giving them D's. And I would not D's. be giving them D's. The, the, they, the, the Frazier game, they get an A. Okay, that's fair. Because they – I've since week one because they did do that. Yeah. But to be fair, I, that game just kind of slipped my mind because yeah. it was so long ago. And I mean, and, and they, they – hey, I think they turned the ball over twice in that game, but I'm still giving them an A. Right. You, I mean, you but blow I mean, the most, most games, they're, they get a B. Yeah, it's like – that's the thing. Like, it feels like you're getting – The Roseville game, I give them a higher grade. They, yeah. they, they worked hard in the Roseville right. game, and it was impressive to come from behind on the road like that. But you're just waiting for that game where you, you see all the talent shine. You see everything click. Not, okay, the offense gets a couple first downs and then stalls out. Or this and this and then, oh, oh a turnover. And you're just waiting because you know that talent's there. And you're waiting for it to explode. And, well, now it's time for it to happen. You, I guess you'd say you saw a glimpse of it in Roseville. But that also kind of woke them up because they were down 13 nothing before half of them broke a sweat. Let me say this. Against De La Salle, I don't think it's going to be the offense that wins the game. I think it, it's going to be the defense. It might be a if race the, to 17. If the Big Reds' defense can stop De La Salle, then the Big Reds can win that football game. Seriously. Because I don't th- if it's a track meet, and I like the Big Reds' talent, and I haven't seen De La Salle's defense, but I'm, I'm guessing that it's going to be tough to score more than three touchdowns in that game. I think three touchdowns should win that game for whichever team can get to three touchdowns. It might happen in overtime, too. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not expecting a 42. I'd be happy if I get one, but I'm yeah, not expecting a, a 42 to 40 game. I'm expecting 21 to, to 16, 21 to 14, something like that. I wouldn't even be shocked if you saw like a 10-7 game. I think but. that that would be in the Big Reds' favor if it was like that. And just a quick note before we move on, in the other side of that regional, Birmingham Groves takes on Warren Mott. So doesn't matter who wins that game. If the Big Reds win, they'll host a regional game. All right. And we don't know yet about, like, well, it's getting ahead of the cart, but we really don't know about semifinals or finals yet. Hasn't I haven't seen anything from the MHSA. Everyone I've talked to says it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, but at least to the regionals, the Big Reds are at home if they keep winning. Right. So that's that's good for them. Yeah. Marysville season came to an end, uh, Brady. They, they they didn't embarrass themselves no, uh, on, on Friday th- at King. They hung for a while. I think the score is not indicative of how – I don't want to say it was close because I never really felt like King was in trouble. But it was 21-10 at half. Uh, Marysville, disastrous start. Uh King got the ball and went bink, boop, 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 touchdown. And then Marysville gets the ball and goes backwards 20 yards. I think they got a little too cute on the first uh, possession. They tried to switch it up and did not work. Punt, 
boom, touchdown. Then they came out in their traditional more wing T offense and ran it down the throats of King, got it all the way. They had, I think uh, Smayfield had a big catch from Meyer, got it all the way in, boom, touchdown, 14-7. At the half, they made it 21-10 after Evan Woodard picked the ball off and ran it to, I think, like the King 30. They were able to get a field goal out of that. And they got the ball to start the second half, and at that point, you thought, if they can score here, because their defense had kind of settled down a bit, they, they're in it. They got a few first downs. They just couldn't do it. King has some some amazing players. Some guys you're going to be seeing on Saturdays. Jalen Reed is a linebacker that's going to be at Penn State. I'm sure in a couple uh, years from now, you're going to be enjoying your Saturday college football and going, oh, yeah, I remember when that kid played against Marysville. <laughs> He's a stud. There's an offensive lineman. I I think his name is Brandon Honorable. Uh, their right tackle was 6'7", 310 pounds. He's going to pit. I think that's another guy that if you tune into a pit game in a couple years, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that monster played against Marysville. They played really hard. The final score was 42-17. They didn't have any turnovers. They just, it's hard to run with a team like King. There's a reason why they're Martin Luther King. I don't think they were intimidated. I don't think that they, I don't know, they, they didn't look out of place. It's just that King wore them down. They played their hearts out, but again, I feel bad that they're in this district, but in Division Three, they're kind of on an island. Yeah. And this, and it's the unfortunate truth. You know, some teams, like, get an easier district. Marysville, it doesn't matter what if they're 9-0, if they make the playoffs, they're going to be in a district with – King or St. Mary's or Brother Rice if they're D3 because there's no one else around them unless they ever go west. Yeah, I mean, we've well, I mean, just in recent years, we've, we've watched them have to go to Pontiac Notre Dame Prep, have to go to Detroit Country Day, have to go to Orchard Lake St. Mary's. They have to go to King this year. That's tough. Yeah. Like, okay, if they were to go west, which would take them to, like, Flint – they would be playing teams like Linden or Bay City, Flint Kersley. I mean, I don't see the MHSAA ever putting them out west. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I, I can remember years ago, probably before you were born or when you were just a toddler, where they went out and played at Powers. Yeah, that hasn't happened. Yeah, it's been I mean, a long I can, time. I can though. look that up real quick while we talk about it. Yeah, that, was, that was probably in the 90s that they, they went and played at Flint Powers in the playoffs. But, I mean, like, you look at, like, if you go to Snooze to you, the little dot, I mean, it's it looks like someone made a mistake and clicked there. Like, they're just on an island, and it's going to be tough, like, I mean, it's nice to see the local districts like when Cross, Lex, and North Branch play and, and, and Richmond and Almont are in the same one. And Marine City could have eventually met them. But, yeah, Marysville's they're going to have to get through a lot of really good teams if they want to even win a district title, let alone make a run. So I guess the, the big question uh, for Marysville fans is how good is the JV because they're going to graduate 20 Six seniors off of this team. By the way, it was 2001 when they went out to Flint Powers. Lost yeah. that game 17-18. Or 18-7, excuse me. Yeah. So Did that game. Terrible press box, too, at Flint Powers. Really? Shamed of Flint Powers because that's that school's got money. Should have a better press box. Well, than it has have. been 19 years since then, <laughs> so they may have upgraded. They better have because that was, that was embarrassing. But Anyways. Best <laughs> – Honestly, you want Marysville, you know what you want to, need, you, to do? Lose about 50 kids from your school and drop down to Division Four and get to play St. Clair and, and, and Cross-Lex and those schools in the playoffs yeah. and not have to go all the way down to King. Still tough games. There, yeah, there's no gimmies there, but at least I guess – you know, your point is is at least you're you're playing on a level field. No disrespect to North Branch or Cross Lex. You don't have three Big Ten commits and seven kids with D one offers. Like you like you looked at the kid, um oh, I can't think of his name. The receiver is something L. Um Weish L. He hit he scored on a slant. He got the slant and you just saw the speed. It was just a different level. 
I mean, he's got offers, I think, from Syracuse and Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see why. Again, Marysville didn't embarrass themselves. Nothing to be ashamed of. Um, just a tough draw. Yeah. And King might lose to East Point next week. They, they went they went uh, six and two. Yeah, that'll be interesting uh, too because East Point just keeps uh, mulching people. Um, speaking of, uh, and no disrespect to uh, the Abe's, but uh, Lincoln uh, plays Marine City Saturday night at East China Stadium. Stream two with uh, Brady Beaton. Uh, is there any way, any way, the Mariners don't advance to the district final? Corona, anyway, coronavirus. Yeah, don't say that even as a joke. I mean, real no, because th- that's been floating around there, and I don't know. Being honest <laughs> with you, I don't see a way they lose this game. They've never lost to Warren Lincoln before. Now they finally have everyone back. And they're gonna get. They're gonna be ready to go. No, the only way is if they don't get to play the game. Yeah. So uh, expect uh, uh, the Mariners to to win big. So where do they go at that point? Again, they would put it ahead of the cart. But where do they go? So they win that game. They'll host the district title against Detroit Denby. They beat South Lake thirty-two twenty-two this week or yesterday or Friday, whatever you want to say. We're recording this. Tech, it's still technically Friday. Yeah, um, but everybody's listening to it Saturday. Yeah, but anyway, we like all our listeners. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they'll be, they'll be uh, home for at least another week, and then unless Frankenmuth trips over themselves against Corona, um, that they will be going to Frankenmuth for a regional title game, which – Again, cart before the horse, but they get to that point. I'm making a trip up to Bronnerland. <laughs> bring me back some chicken. Uh, we'll uh, bring you back uh, some uh, more scores uh, after we take a uh, break here. It's uh, Dennis and Brady, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast on GetStuckOnSports.com. To those who love the grind, run with us on a John Deere Gator UV because your daily routine may change, but the land stays the same. There's still ground to cover and a herd to keep in line. Out here, the work never stops. So keep going on a Gator UV with the power to forge ahead. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services. Services LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union, real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. 
you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady. Okay, so I see this score and I go, what the? And then I hear the reasons, uh, and it makes more sense to me. North Branch ended up beating Croslex in the rematch 35 to nothing, but it ended up kind of being blasé when we found out that Croslex didn't have their quarterback. Yeah, so um, for context, we were really excited about this game. Um, Brandon Folsom went out to the game, and he noticed right at about the first play, Jake Townsend's not at quarterback for the Pioneers. Well, I see this on Twitter. I see a reply. Jake Townsend says he was quarantined about four hours ago, so three, four o'clock. It was since deleted, but that's what he said, so from what... We know at least one Croslex player was not there due to COVID reasons. At least that's what we think. That's the information we know um, or think we know. And, and it's not just a Croslex player. It's their most important player. Yes. It, it's a kid who, and I know we don't do a lot of Croslex, so we, don't, we haven't talked about Jake Townsend right. as much as we should mm-hmm. because he's a guy that's probably a top five player in the area. He's on I mean, the list. I mean, yeah, he's for MVP for a guy that's yes. most valuable to, to to his team. He's in there with with guys like Demarco Singleton and the other guys that we talk about. Yes, for sure. Now, unfortunately, they didn't have that, so an underwhelming rematch when both teams aren't at full strength. And you know that North Branch is going to take advantage of that because that's what they do. They smoke teams that are inferior to them. Uh, and then they run up a 35 uh, to uh, nothing count uh, and uh, keep uh, marching on. And uh, now they've got Ortonville, Brandon. Are they the home team, or do they have to go to Ortonville? Um, let me. I just moved off the seating page. North <laughs> Branch gets them at home. Okay, so North Branch will be at at home, which I think will help because I think Ortonville, Brandon. This is going to be an, another one of those. We should be excited about this matchup because you don't really know what's going to happen. These are two good football teams um, that I think have proven that they're good football teams. Nortonville Brandon steamrolled their way to the district finals, too. Yeah. I mean, North Branch hasn't given up a point since the regular season ended. How about that? Yeah. How about what, what have they scored in two rounds of the, the playoffs now? Oh, it was 94 s- points or something like 63 that? 63 and 35 or whatever. Or was it, no, it was 65 and 30. So they've scored 100 points. They've, they've won 100 to nothing in two playoff games. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. Come on. It Bron- really Broncos are kind of having a good season, aren't they? Armada must have pissed them off. <laughs> <laughs> Armada, I got it. I think they held back. Some something something was going on in that game. Yeah. Either way, they. I know that was a rainy night. And I don't know, but uh, whatever. Since that game, haven't given up a point and have put up a a hundred. Okay, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one against Ortonville Brandon to see that score. I mean, basically, at this point, every game should be a fun one. Yeah, at this point. Now, now here, here's Richmond. They finally have gotten me excited, and I'm, I'm jumping on the, the Blue Devil bandwagon, and uh, they lost uh, to Corona 27-10 to uh, 10 to have their season come to an end. But, but this is a football team. They're going to end up, what, with a 3-5 and five record, Brady, and yet – I I think in the end, my final conclusion on Richmond was they were actually a lot better than I thought they were this year. Yeah, um, so that officially makes it their first losing season since 1998. And like we we say, they're they're a couple of plays away from being a a winning team or a a 500 team. So their first losing season in a decade. Um, You don't get that too often at Richmond. So, a down year for the Blue Devils, but would you be surprised if they came back next year and they're like 8 and 1? No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Cuz this is not this is the exception, not the rule for the Blue Devils and they still want a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 have a 3 and 5 year and and one of your wins is a playoff win, which could be worse. 
could I mean when that's your down year, I know teams get spoiled and fan bases get spoiled, especially when you make the playoffs now for nine straight seasons. Um but I, I, I think everything will be good in Blue Devil Land. I, th- I think Costanzo took Corona, too. Man. He did, just because he used to play against them back in his <laughs> yeah, glory days. Yeah. His glory days at Elmo when he rode the pine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're finally beating me to someone else. I like I'm you. never mean to Paul Costanzo, one of the nicest people on earth. The revered Paul The revered Paul Costanzo. Uh-huh. But he did I, take Corona, so that was, yeah. that, was, that was like the one game he was different from me. Yeah, um, Frankenmuth blanks Almont twenty-eight nothing. It was zero-zero at the end of the first. I think Frankenmuth just wore down the Raiders. Well, I mean, again, um, the 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 people that I know in, in Almont were telling me that they didn't think that they had it this year for for Frankenmuth that they weren't ready for them um, with, with the team that they have. Maybe next year they'll be more competitive with it. So, and Frankenmuth is good. Frankenmuth is good. I'm looking They're forward. Eight now. I, I, I am I am hoping, like you are, for a Marine City Frankenmuth game. That could very well be a state championship decider. Yeah, and, and that's that was the other thing uh my buddy in Elmont said whoever wins the Marine City Frankenmuth game could make a run to the finals. Well, I mean at that point you're one game away. Yeah, but so. I mean they yeah. could they could win it all. Yes. That that it that's kind of a table setter like yeah. like that game might be tougher than your semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, so um, let me. But we, you know, again, you you got to get them there. I'm pretty confident Marine City beats Lincoln Saturday night. So and since, then they would play Denby at home. Since we like to look ahead so much, the winner of that game, oh geez, um, probably would play Lansing Catholic. If I had to guess, um, I'm looking at the other teams remaining: Romulus Summit Academy. Maybe they're the two one seeds left. Um, so maybe. Kalamazoo, Hackett, Catholic. I don't know. I don't know anything about those teams. Yeah, but no, I mean, uh, of of all of them, Lansing Catholic is one of those ones where you hear it and you go, "Oh, aren't, aren't they supposed to be good?" Whereas the other two schools, I don't really know much about. I don't know either. So, uh, Gross Eel, I don't know. They played Dundee uh, tonight. I don't know what happened in that game, but okay. that's who they would end up uh, playing. And then here's a couple really close games. Is kind of what really we thought. close. Like came down to the last play close. Well, these were coin flip games. Yeah, and they didn't disappoint. Cass City beat Sandusky fourteen to twelve, basically on a stop two point conversion. That was the difference in the game. Yeah, I I was uh, surprised it was only six nothing at halftime. I expected a higher scoring game between these two teams. I thought the winner of this game would have to score thirty points. Um, yeah, and it ended up being a, points total. Yeah, it ended up being a defensive uh, struggle, and uh, and really Cassidy kind of escapes there, and it doesn't get any easier for the Redhawks because again, that was another one of those districts of death where just everybody is so damn good, and, and what there were like three undefeated teams in there because I think Hemlock was in there. Yeah, too. let me see. Plus the the other teams tomorrow, were all okay. solid teams, so. Um, you know, a great season though for Sandusky. Um, this is their only loss, yeah, and it's on a two-point conversion play. Disappointing to see. Ugly though, in overtime, knocks off Unionville Seaboing. Yeah, two evenly matched teams. Again, I gave Ugly the edge only because they got to play the game at home. Had it been at USA, I would have picked the Patriots. Um, but. 20-14, to 14, Ubley wins it uh, in overtime. That had to be a thriller. Yeah, I listened to a little bit. Um, Thumb Tailgater was covering that game, listened to the overtime. Uh, so they just went uh, – USA just went four and out, basically, to start overtime. Ubley, two plays later, won the game. So Bearcats advance. They play Flint Beecher in the next round. and uh, It's kind of an off-the-wall thing, okay? You're in that situation. Coach Brady beaten. You just stop him four and out. Do you just kick the field goal, or do you run the plays? Um, in high school, I don't know what kicker do I have. Do I have, like, Felix Kopp, Evan Woodard, or Ian Mitchell? I don't know. You're the coach. You, you, you decide. You, you cut them. <laughs> I don't, if, like, if I have one of those kickers, yes. And he, well, I'd get it where he wants it. If he likes it down the middle, then I'd probably do it on first or second down. 
if I want to, if he likes it left or right, then I move it there. And here's a reason why. If the kick is blocked and we fall on it, then you get the ball back and get another chance. Unless it goes forward. Unless it goes past the line of scrimmage, yes. But, again, that just gives you that little bit of insurance, I guess. So if so I if the first one gets blocked, do you line up and kick another one, or yes. do you go offense get out there? <laughs> no, you kick you kick the other one because I'm assuming that any coach worth their water will be in the booth and go, oh, that's where it went through. Either get him out or tell him not to do that again. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would do. And uh, and we have one eight man game left. Pet goes to North Huron tomorrow. That's a one o'clock game. Yeah, that's a that's a rematch. North Huron won in the regular season, thirty six to six, in a game that I completely missed on, um, because at that time I thought Peck was charging and they had a chance to win out the regular season um, and take a league title. Uh, but uh, it, certainly in league games, nobody could score on the Warriors this season. North Huron's defense shut. Everybody down except Mayville, and Mayville is in the upper division. Mm-hmm. And so, they, you know, North, North Huron gave up about 60 points this year, and 48 of it came in one game to Mayville. Yeah. So um, hopefully Pat can get their revenge. But And um, the next segment, we're going to do, since we had less games, we had to fill some time, we're going to talk about some of our pet peeves. We've noticed broadcasting and watching football and uh, more about, like, strategy and things coaches do my biggest pet peeve is probably working with with brady yeah buying or selling a home you need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one o'connor realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes o'connor realty provides access to free no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees located at 2801 gratiot boulevard marysville give o'connor real a call at 810-364-8700 for all your real estate needs. O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. TB Logos in Marysville has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery and custom screen printing and are the fastest growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They're open weekdays 830 to 430 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. TP Logos will have it in days. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium in Marysville. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady uh, on the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports podcast. Off the air sometimes is better than on the air. Sometimes. And that's unfortunate. That time wasn't one of the better ones, though. No, well, maybe during the first break. <laughs> Anyways. 
Brady, for some reason, Brady wants to talk about pet peeves. Well, okay, so we, I was driving back up here from Detroit, okay, and I was listening to your game, and one of the things that drives me insane when I'm watching football happen, Lance Cruz down, I think at that point it was 23 nothing. Yep. so you're down three scores. What's your biggest enemy when you're down by multiple scores? The clock. The clock. And the only way you can uh, stop it is with timeouts. Timeouts when you're down or in a close game in the second half should be treated like gold, and some coaches just use them willy-nilly. Lance Cruz did that. It was, what, fourth and three, I believe. They were sent the punt team out, call a timeout, and then send the punt team back out there. One, don't punt in that situation. But that's a different argument. Two, you call the timeout so you could punt? What's a five-yard penalty on a punt? Well, yeah, you you call the timeout so you can punt when you were already lined up to punt. Right. So, okay, what what's a delay a game penalty there? Honestly, what's the difference? Or when uh, they use when coaches use a timeout before an extra point, or or in a situation like that. Like well, I can understand. Okay, you're going to go for two, and it's not what no, you no, no, usually not like do. A go for two. Yeah, I'm saying like kick an extra point. Yeah. Like. Second half timeouts can be your life support. If you're okay, here's something, and now we're getting a little deep into this. If you're down two scores, like an example in the Michigan game um, last week, you're down two scores, you have three timeouts. You, let's say you have like six minutes left. You do not use a timeout until before you score. You don't because what those three timeouts do is they give you an opportunity to go three and out and get the ball back 10 seconds after you failed an onside kick. But coaches will use them just so willy-nilly, and it drives me insane because those, are, those can be a, just life insurance for you. And, they, and, and, and when you use them in those situations, it's like, well, now they don't even have to pretend to run the ball. They can just knee it. And then they kind of rubbed salt in, into the whole thing, Brady. So the, they called timeout in a situation where I would have gone for it mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm of the – what's the difference? Either you make it and you keep the ball and maybe you can drive down the field and get back in the game and give yourself a right. chance, or you don't make it in the big red score on the short field and the game's over. What happened? They punted. The punt got blocked. Big Reds got the ball. Yeah. Scored on a short field. The game was over. Yeah. <laughs> like, at some point, and this goes into the other thing in the fourth quarter, that coaches that don't know when to turn off their normal offense and go into, I call it like burn the boats mode, when you're down three, like Lonskers, you're down three scores in the fourth quarter. You can't run your normal offense. You're down two scores and there's four minutes left. You can't huddle, run your – you have to go. Because like you said, you make a mistake and you throw an interception because you're hurrying up. Who cares? You're losing anyway. To, to me, that's a better way to lose than to run the clock out on yourself. Yes. That drives – that's another thing that drives me up a wall. When, a co- when you get the ball with like six minutes left down two scores and you take – Five minutes to score a touchdown because you're taking your time getting plays in. Yeah, there's no. got to be a sense of urgency at some point, regardless. Like, uh, I mean, just if you're going to be competitive, and we talked about this earlier in the season, you're mm. upset about a punt in, in a certain situation. But but you, you've got to there, – there's a certain point where I don't care what the score is. You can't ever quit and you can't ever show no. that you're quitting. And, you just just have a play where it's literally you come up to the line and it's everyone runs uh, four verticals because then you throw it up, you catch it, cool, you're moving or it's incomplete. Now you have time that you if you want to call a play, you can do that. But when they just show the lack of sense of urgency in the fourth quarter, and I guess this falls under the big umbrella of clock management because I feel like there's not a lot of things in football that you can sit down and do math and like and look at it and go, no, this is why it's better because it does X, Y, Z. Because a lot of things are matchups and this. I feel like clock management, and it goes all the way up to the pro level, I think should be a non-negotiable, the higher up you get, you need to be good at it or have someone there for you. The the other part you were talking about, like 
math and all of that that something that drives me crazy is when you're supposed to go for two and when it is not necessary to go for two. That drives me. It, not so much in high school. This kind of goes to the higher levels. You see it in college. Well, sometimes in high you school, see it you don't necessarily have a kicker. In, in the NFL. Yeah, sometimes in high school, some teams just go for two because they don't have a kicker. But there, there is a, a time and a place when you kick the extra point because it keeps you in the game. Mm-hmm. See, the, the whole point of everything, when you're behind in a game, you make plays that keep the game alive yes. for you. So – you're down uh, by 23. Uh, let's see, it, it's 23 to nothing, and you score to make it 23 to six. You don't have to go for two there mm-hmm. because the extra point will make it a 16 point game, yes. which will make it a two possession game. You delay the two point conversion. You kick the extra point there and make it a two possession game because if you go for two and you don't make it, now you got to score three times. Yes. Let me throw this one at you. Uh, I've seen this a couple times in random football games. You're up 21 to 20. You score a touchdown. Are you kicking the extra point or going for two? You're, up, you're now up 20, 28 or 27 to 20. 20 at 27 to, to 20, uh, I'm just kicking the extra point. And forcing the other team. Because if you get the two-point conversion, that's game, set, match. It's yeah, over. But but I'm I'm making the other team score twice on me basically by scoring and then making the two point conversion. I guess that one also depends on that one's not as much a math thing where if you have an offense that's working and it's been able to get like if you have a running game that's working, I think then you go for it. Um where if you're it's not uh, if your defense is playing really well and it's a defensive struggle, then you make it an eight-point game. The, the, the other part about that is I'm not going for two there because if I don't make it, then a two-point conversion beats me. But but the theory behind that is the best they can do is tie it either way. Not Most of the time they're going to score there and go for the tie, whether it's an extra point or go for two. The worst that's going to happen is it goes to overtime, where if you get the two-point conversion, boom, they have to score twice and it's game over. Um, anyway, back to timeouts. Two things drive me nuts about timeouts. One is you take a timeout and then you come out and you take a penalty. Yeah, not like a holding or no, a- like you get called for delay of game because you came out of the timeout without a play. How can you take a timeout and not have a play ready when you come back out on the field? Yeah. Or how or, can you not know what player this used to happen? I'm not going to name the team or, or anything, but I watched it for like a decade. Brady in this area, there was a team that they would come out of timeouts and then they're, they'd line up on offense and their players would look at the sideline because no one play was being called. How can you have a timeout and not say this is the play we're running and get out on the field and run the damn play? Don't you wonder what goes on in the huddle sometimes? I do. Because well, I will just say, I told you this story off the air, I'd been in a situation like that where I, the te- whatever team I was on had to take a timeout out of a timeout, and it drove me insane. Yeah. Because that's just not being prepared. That's not – again, like, like coaches tell players – they can accept physical mistakes. Yeah, okay, you dropped a ball. I'm not happy about it, but it's a physical error. Coaches can have mental errors too, and that's another thing. Yeah, you're right, is when you just, like, how do you not have a play ready or have a – You call the timeout because it's a big play. Or you're – or even and if now you're just trying to stop the clock. And, and now you, you've got, you know, so it's like it's – it's third and one, or it's fourth and one, mm-hmm. and we need this play. And we took a timeout, and I don't know what you said to them during the timeout, but then you come out and you don't have a play, and guys are staring at their wristbands, and receivers don't know where to line up, and running backs don't know where they're supposed to be, and all of a sudden it's a delay game, and, and now you've made it fourth and six. That couldn't have been the play call is, hey, guys, instead of fourth and one, let's make it fourth and six. <laughs> No, and that's that, we're better on longer plays. And that also is something like in a situation like that where a defense needs a stop and you have three timeouts left and a coach will burn one on like third and three, essentially betting going all in on that one play. That drives me insane too. Because even if you give up the first down and you still have three timeouts, you're still in the game. It kind of goes back to the 
delaying, keeping the game alive type of thing. Yeah. So, no, and then then you were talking about how teams get too cute sometimes. Yeah, like if something's working, why would you go away from it? Why why do teams like – and I've seen this a lot in, in high school. And I've been doing this for a long time, folks. I've been doing it for 30 years where a team will come out either with the run and run it down somebody's throat and then all of a sudden – they spread the field and want to dink and dunk and 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 do fi- and, and and everything stops. They they start throwing incompletions when when they were just running it down the other team's throat and having success, or vice versa, where they come out and they're throwing the that, ball around, and then all of a sudden they stop doing what's working because they they feel oh we have to run twenty passes and twenty runs and we have to do see, no do what works until the other team can stop it and then see, you change. I think the thing with that is, though, is sometimes when it does work, when the changeup does, you don't notice it as much because it worked. Where well, okay, hey, there are times where, like you know, you pass, you, pass, you, pass, you, draw twenty five yeah. yards, or or you've been run, 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 and then you do play action and you get the deep ball. I understand all of that. It's just that sometimes something is working and the other team can't stop it, and it's to me up in the booth, it's so brutally like. Obvious like you're saying, that they cannot stop, yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, Johnson off tackle, Johnson off tackle, eight yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, 13 yards, and you're going, okay, they can't stop they can't Johnson stop off tackle. Uh, and, and until they do, and then I, I make them stop it two or three times in a row before I go mm. away from it. Because sometimes you just have a, a read on a team, but... I mean, yeah, those are just some things that, especially the timeout thing drives me insane <laughs> because, I mean, you just look at, like, guys even at the highest level that don't understand how to use timeouts or put all the rate, like, like people, you need to treat second-half timeouts as gold. If you're watching, if you're listening to this before college football and you see a coach that uses his timeouts in a stupid manner – when you're watching college or NFL know football. That, know that Brady has just broken yes. his TV. Yes. Know that I am pro- probably just calling him an idiot from the comfort of my own couch. I get annoyed with timeouts at the end of the basketball games, but they actually serve a purpose. Yes. And they just there's actually a reason the why flow. they're calling them. You, you don't yeah. like it as a broadcaster. Yeah, no, especially in a close game where you yeah. want the next play to see who's going to win the game. And, ah, mm-hmm. oh, they took a timeout, and then they took a timeout, and then they took a timeout. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking also that we could throw it in bounds and somebody could follow somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of winter sports, we went through the schedule earlier this week, and not including what the SC four showcase, any holiday tournaments, and or the playoffs, or March Madness, and or MAC tournaments. Yep. And the MAC tournament. Yeah, that was so another one we all without all of those. Between boys basketball, girls basketball, and hockey, we were at what? About seven, 65, 70 games? Yes. And with those, you're probably adding another 30. At least. So winter sports are coming. And one thing we wanted to ask you guys before is me and Dennis have gone back and forth with this. We kind of established for football season Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning. Part of the reason why we set it up this way is because we mentioned earlier in the podcast, football is a neat little package in a bow it's friday nights it's exciting we can do this in a certain way and saturday morning you wake up you want to hear about it winter sports are going to be chaos we're going to be on i think at minimum like our slowest week we'll have three games each or three nights yeah three nights our busiest we'll have a dozen games throughout the week so we were if you guys can Give us feedback, email us, tweet us, comment on a random Facebook post. I don't care. Get a hold of us. Would you guys want to keep the podcast Tuesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or move it to kind of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, recapping Friday night and the weekend, Wednesday is Monday and Tuesday recap, and looking ahead the next two days, and Friday is Wednesday, Thursday recap, and looking ahead to Friday night and the weekend. Or do you like, are you guys creatures of habit and want to keep it the same way? Because we want to please you guys. Yeah. And I'm of the creature of habit kind of thing. Like if you're used to getting it at a certain time, I don't like to disrupt it. 
But on the other hand, uh, Brady makes a good point that it's going to be crazy and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday might not work out the best for us. There's not, and there's not really a reason to do it for Saturday morning. Like, it's not like Friday is everyone plays a rivalry game Friday or it's not like Friday's a special day for basketball. In fact, a lot of, like, the MAC teams don't play Friday. We're going to be doing a lot of BWAC games on Friday nights. Which is fine because uh, that gives us a chance to, to see Crosslex a little more, and they're going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> the boys yeah. are going to be really good. Yeah. I don't know how good the girls are. I just know that you got two really good players on that boys team. Yeah. Um, but that's just something for you guys. Again, email us at – uh, just send it to Dennis, Dennis at GetStuckOnSports.com, um, or just DM us on Twitter or whatever. Find a way to get a hold of us. We're not yeah. that hard to find. Uh, let's see. Uh, next week, Port Huron High, home to De La Salle. That'll be stream one. Mm-hmm. Stream two will be, and I'm, I'm just going to do it, Denby. Marine City hosting Denby because Marine City is going to beat Lincoln Saturday night. Yes. And you can catch uh, that beat down on stream two with uh, Brady. Yes. So if you're listening to this before 7 o'clock on Saturday, make sure you tune in. If you're listening to it after, what took you so long? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, how what, dare what you? What did you do with your Saturday? Yeah, how dare were you? Were you raking leaves? You can listen to us while you rake leaves. The snow will cover the leaves. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Are you done? I'm done. I think we rambled on long enough. All right. Next podcast is uh, Tuesday, so uh, join us for that as well. Here at GetStuckOnSports.com. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.